which I have the absolute honor of introducing our speaker for today. So Elise, as you come up, I just want to share with you guys, when I first met Elise, I think you were a tween. Yeah, yeah. She was in kids' church, and she used to, with a friend of hers, after church, they used to have lots of fun, they used to do cartwheels all through the church and all these gymnastics moves, and it was so cool. And it was so great to see her transition then into being a junior leader in kids' church and then a praise and worship leader. And then she ran our junior youth, and she's been a department leader. She's been such a great blessing to our church. And now she runs playgroup here on Fridays at Morayfield because she is a mom of twin girls, which is just exciting. And I have to say, you know, being in ministry, one of the greatest pleasures is seeing someone like Elise go through all the stages and ages and then get married and have kids of her own and, and just see her continue to minister through it all. It is such an incredible blessing. So you guys are in for a treat today. She's an amazing speaker and I love you and it's just so wonderful to just, sorry, I don't mean that, but didn't mean to, but it's just so wonderful to, to you know, just see people growing in God every step of the way. And so, welcome. That's so Thank sweet. You for Thank you, us Pastor the word Nikki. Today. You are wonderful. Um, Pastor Nikki missed uh, there that we used to also do hip-hop after church. We used to have a hip-hop crew. Um, so, if, if you can imagine me doing hip-hop, it's really funky and cool. Uh, <laughs> and so, that's so fun. But I, I just, as I was preparing for this message, really felt like that I was coming to speak to our family and... And, and, and that's, that's what it is, is that, that you are my family and you are an extension of my family. And, and, and so I'm really excited to be here with you this morning. It is such a privilege and an honour. And Kyle and I, we are so grateful for this church and, and this location specifically, but Emerge Church as a whole. And for Pastor Mark and Nina, they have been such a um, blessing in our lives, as have um, Pastor Joe and Yovana. And uh, they enrich our lives so much. And now we have the joy of being able to um, muddle our way through the chaos of parenting together, which is so exciting. We're, we're so excited for you guys. What a joy. What an absolute joy. And I just wanted to start this morning by calling out, as Pastor Nikki did, um, we're all on a spectrum with the emotions that we're feeling this morning. We're all on a spectrum. And I feel like Pastor Nikki really articulated this so beautifully that for not everyone, this is an easy day. And so right now, for, for those that are, have lost a child or maybe lost a mother, maybe you've got difficult mother relationships or family dynamics that are, that are weighing in on today, I just want to say that you are so welcome here, that you are so welcome here, um, that, that you are so welcome in this family and that you are not forgotten. That, that you are here with a purpose and a plan. And, and as I was praying about today, I just saw this blanket of covering and comfort um, that was over this place. And so my prayer is that today that you would find peace and, and his presence um, in today, in, in his presence this morning as you're in church. You are so loved. 
Um, well, hello. If you haven't met me, my name's Elise, and I feel like Pastor Nikki gave a pretty good uh, rendition of, of majority of my life, so thank you for that. Um, so I'm married to Kyle, and there should be a, a photo coming up on the screen soon. Married to Kyle, and we have two beautiful girls, and you'll see our family plastered throughout um, the slides this morning, uh, but because why not? It's Mother's Day. Put all of the photos there. And, and if you're getting annoyed at the photos, I've got three grandparents, because my mother's not here this morning. She's a bit unwell. Three grandparents that are going to love seeing their grandchildren. So <laughs> I'm like, at least I'm winning with an audience of three. <laughs> um, so it's, it's my second um, Mother's Day. today, which is really exciting, and and that means I'm an expert, and that's why I'm speaking this morning. (laughs) I completely jest. I completely jest. In fact, the older I get, the more I realize I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, Isn't isn't that the truth? Um, But last year was our first, and um, it's so wonderful, though, because we have this community around us, and and a little plug for playgroup. We have playgroup, 9.30 to 11, if you have kids under school age, every Friday of the school term. Something I love about Playgroup, though, Hannah and I um, run it and organise it, is that I have learnt so much and benefited so much by the knowledge of other mums in that group. And I believe that we are never called to do life alone, but we are called to do life with other people. And it's so wonderful being able to learn. I think last week I was there and we're having a problem at home where both of our girls simultaneously love to have a bit of a nudist party, which is fine if you're at home. Um, That's fine. You do you. Uh, You're little. It's all good. Um, It's a problem when I'm answering the door for people from Facebook Marketplace and I have two two little streakers charge out behind me. Uh, That's a bit of a problem. So we're working on that. But at, at playgroup, I, I was kind of, you know, sharing my woes, as I suppose it was. Um, and I think it was, um, I think it was Nicholas said, you just pop their nappies on backwards, and then they can't do the front tabs. And I went, what? How have I not known this? Like, how, how, have, how has this not uh, come to me? And I went home and, and we were, sh- Carl came home for dinner, we were sharing dinner. I said, honey... I, I have a piece of information that will absolutely change your life. And he said, what? What is it? And I said, well, you just you put the girls' nappies on backwards. And he literally dropped his fork and said, is it that simple? Is it that? Anyway, to date, we haven't had any issues with that. So that's wonderful. But that's the, that's the benefit of community in that we can share knowledge with each other and we can share tips with each other and, and it's so wonderful. And, and as, as Pastor Nikki shared as well, we have the benefit of not just mums, our, our peers, but people that have gone well and truly before that. And we have Nanny Neen who comes to Playgroup and she has been such a blessing for us. And we are so grateful for the knowledge transfer that she is able to impart on us and love on us. Um, it is better together, that is what I believe. Um, well, I wanted to start this morning, and, and wonderful Fiona, if you get all of the parents out of the parents' room, so it's going to get really loud in here for a minute, we're going to get everyone out, because what I have discovered is that in the first year of, uh, of looking after a little person, they are so dependent on you, and they are so needy for uh, food, water, love, um, ev- nurturing, everything they need, and and 
often you are the only one that can provide that for them. And, and in that, I have found that it's often too easy to be disconnected from, from um, I suppose, having time to rest in God's presence, to, to cultivate um, moments with God. But it's ironic, I think, that in that time when you're um, struggling to find time for Jesus, that you are the most hands and feet of Jesus you have ever been because you are literally being the hands and feet of the little people that you are looking after. And so I wanted every, all the parents out of the parents' room. And if, if church, you would stand with me and um, turn around. We're going to pray for them. And, I'm, and I found this on... Um, Instagram, it was shared, and, and I feel like this articulates it so beautifully. It says, Dear Mama and Papa, he knows the season of life you are in with children. He sees you buckling car seats, packing diaper bags, heading to the nursing mother's room again, and your children see it too. They may not realize it quite yet. <laughs> Sorry. But you are teaching them that there are some things that aren't convenient, that may be hard, but they are worthy of effort. He is worthy of effort. So we're going to pray over you right now. Um, and we're just going to believe that God is going to touch you and bless you and your family. God, we pray for our young families. God, we pray that there would be a blessing upon them. That, that as they make the effort to get out of the house, as they do the inconvenient for you, God, that you would pour out your, your blessing and your peace and your presence on them, we pray. We pray for unity in their family. We pray for unity in their relationship in Jesus' name. That, that as they make time for you, that you would would give them the strength and the peace and the love that they need, that you would fill their tank in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for coming out. You can go back to the mother's room if you would like to. And, and thanks, church, for humoring me in that because it is so important. And, and often when you're in the mother's room, you just get the snippet. But we, are, we serve such a gracious God that in, and he loves us through each season. And I believe that that snippet can be enough. That snippet can be what, what you need to get you through that day, to get you through. Um, so when Pastor Mark asked me to speak this morning, uh, often it's not the first time I've spoken in church, but it's the first time in a really long time. So I appreciate your patience with me this morning. Um, often in the past, whether it be a communion message or, or preaching, I have found that, that it is like this massive struggle to, to kind of understand what God wants me to say. To, and it feels like this spiritual toing and flowing, um, flowing and, and almost like digging for a diamond. But Pastor Mark asked me to speak. I came in. The worship was amazing. It was here at church. Um, came in uh, and just received this word straight away um, in the worship. And it was like, it was just so easy. And, and I believe that's because this is what God's wanted to say this morning. So it is this. This is our story. And, and specifically the catch line, and if all you get out of this morning is this, um, Jesus has the power to rewrite our story. And, and that's it. We serve a good God. We serve a God that has um, power and that has power to change what we have known and, and to make it so much more wonderful. And I feel like that as we unpack our story a little bit about the girls, that you might understand this a little bit more. Uh, so Kyle and I were married at 21 and 26, respectively. Uh, and we had always had a plan to kind of wait five years before we started for a fa um, started trying for a family. And and if you don't know me, I'm a bit of an avid planner. 
Uh, my husband is not, but I am a very avid planner. And can I just say, if you are the one in the relationship that is not a planner and you get annoyed with the plans that your spouse is making, can I say, you need us. Like, you need the planners in your life to, to build plans and make sure that, that you are able to, to prosper in what you are doing. You need us. Um, but so I have always really loved planning. And I think God so beautifully um, often takes our plans and says, hey, just wanted to let you know you're actually not in control. Um, let go of the wheel, I've got this. And, and I feel like that's what often God does for me. So we got to about five years and I had a really big job opportunity come up. And it was a two-year contract. And I was like, God, like, this isn't a small thing. I, I don't want to go for this because I feel like I should, we should, we had a plan. Like our plan was that we should be signing for a family. Um, our plan was not to be waiting an extra two years. And so really wrestled with God and felt like he had that for me and was opening that door. So, so went for that and, and went for the two-year contract, got it. Um, it was intense and there was no room for family in that space. There, there was absolutely no room for family. But we got nearing to the um, two-year mark and a little bit of background as well. So I work in, so my background is nursing, specifically in uh, neonatal intensive care nursing. So babies born prematurely or born with um, different conditions. Uh, so I was working with the sickest of the sick babies. Uh, and it is an honour of privilege and something that um, has been such a privilege in my life to walk with families through some of the most difficult times that they have walked through. Uh, and I think that nothing can compare to God's grace in, in the worst of the worst. It, it, God has so much grace and love and, and that is such a privilege. But there was no space for family in that. And we got to the end of the, the two-year contract and then we thought, okay, well, let, let's see what God has for us here. Let's see what we have, knowing that we have no control. And um, so we started trying for a family and way before we could even test to see if there was a pregnancy or not, I remember I was walking at work through a cafe and someone walked past me with a plate and it, something in a paper bag. And I know that I know that I know that in the paper bag, bag was warm banana bread with butter melted on top. And it was like, I couldn't see it, but I knew, I knew. And it was like, as I walked past this person, banana bread slapped me in the face. And I was like, okay, well, that's never happened to me before. And either, either I have just developed superpowers overnight, um, or I'm, I might be pregnant, I don't know, I don't know. So we went and took tests, and sure enough, and then um, we went for our dating scan, and uh, important to note here, Kyle the whole way along had been convinced that we were going to have twins, and I said, no, nah, probably not, like, <laughs> probably not, we don't have a lot of history in our family, uh, we have some twins, but probably not likely. And so we went for our dating scan and there was one beautiful little jelly bean in our dating scan and that was really lovely. Um, and we saw that little jelly bean, it had a heartbeat, that was wonderful. And later Kyle um, said, no, I still think we're having twins. And then I put the scan in front of him and would be like, no, there's just one. Like, can you see that this one? Like, that's, that's, that's the data that we have. There's just one. <laughs> anyway, as we progressed, I was really, really sick and... We had our 14-week scan um, and I had said to Kyle, kind of leading up to the 14-week scan, I said, 
like I'm, I'm showing a lot more than I thought I would. And I had, Hannah was pregnant at the time, which was so beautiful with Olive. And we got to share that journey together. And I'd mentioned to Hannah that like, I'm, I feel like I'm much more along than I should be. So I reckon they've got the dating scan wrong. And I think our dates are like way ahead of like what they thought it was. So we went to the dating scan and they um, had a look. And then the doctor like, so showed us the heartbeat and then quickly turned the screen away and said, you've had a scan before, right? And we we're like, yes. And I was like, ha ha, I knew. They had the, they had the dates wrong. They were wrong. I, I was right. Um, and Carl said, or oh, it's twins. And I was like, but it's not. <laughs> it's not. Um, and so they went out and the doctor came back in the room. And we were like, okay, the doctor's here. That, that can only mean a couple of things. Like that's you don't really want that to happen. Um, doctor came in um, and he said, so there's actually two. And we found out at 14 weeks that we were having twins. And and we had not, we had planned for one. And remembering I'm an avid planner. So I had, I had looked at the best singleton pram. I had looked at the best cot for one person. I had looked at the best and I was like, but God, this isn't really in the plan. <laughs> um, but I, I feel like our story is such a beautiful example of when God takes what you think you should have a plan of and, and makes it so much more beautiful than you could ever imagine. Um, and he is so good and has been so gracious to us. And uh, we're going to talk a, couple, a little bit about some of our issues in pregnancy. But can I just say from the get-go that it's a really good story and the girls are beautiful and we are so wonderfully blessed and, and lucky and grateful to have them in our lives. Um, so this morning, because it's Mother's Day, I thought that we would look at two women in the Bible um, because women are amazing and incredible and have so much to give to our community uh, so we're going to look at first, we're going to look at Hannah in the Bible. And this is 1 Samuel 1, and it should be coming up the screen. I hope that you can read it there. And it's about the birth of Samuel. And there's a couple of really big names here, so just bear with me as I get them just right. Uh, 1 Samuel 1. There was a certain man um, from Rathaham, a Zophite, from a hill country in Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, son of Jephraim. Um, son of Elihu, the son of Tofu, the son of Zaph, an Ephraimite. He had two wives. One was called Hannah and one was called Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had none. Year after year, this man went up to the town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife, Penina, and to all the sons and daughters, but to Hannah he gave a double portion because he loved her, and the Lord had closed her womb. But because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in an order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whoever, whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. I don't know if you've ever been in a season where you're in so much turmoil that you can't even eat, that you're at a place where you're like, I can't even look at food right now. Like things, things are really hard for us. Things are really hard for us. Her husband, Elkanah, would say to Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than 10 sons? Which is very beautiful. And he clearly loved her so much. Um, but I do feel like he was trying to fix the problem. 
and not listen to the problem. <laughs> Once, when they had finished eating and drinking at Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on his chair by the doorstep of the Lord's house. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow, saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's ministry, misery, and remember me, and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him back to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head." And I don't know if you've ever had a dream that has been so specific, that has been something that you are praying for and believing for, but there's specificity in there, that you're like, it's not just, please give me a child. It's so clearly, God, this is what I see for my life. I can see it unfolding. It's it's almost like her dream is so real that you can reach out and touch it because there's um, there's so much detail in it. And she kept on praying to the Lord. Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, but her lips were not moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, how long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. And she said, not so, my Lord. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring my soul out to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been here I've been praying here out of anguish and grief. Eli answered, go in peace and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked for. She said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. And then this is a really key piece of information. Then she went on her way and ate something and her face was no longer downcast. Now, that is a very good point. If you are a woman, if you are a mom, if you are having struggles in your day, I feel like this is a a really important piece from God. Hanger does exist. And sometimes what we need to do is take a step back and go and have something to eat and drink. And then our whole countenance can change. So that's a little bit of an off point. Um... Some things I really love about this is that Hannah was grieved in such a deep way. Her husband had made a big love offering for her and she couldn't eat it. She couldn't even, uh, she couldn't even accept that love offering. She, she was just so deep in mourning and grief. But in the midst of her grieving, she never put anguish on her husband, um, Panina. She never put anguish on the people that were actually harming her, that were provoking her. She just took all of that and placed it at the feet of Jesus. And I feel like that's such a beautiful picture. And and I have to say, I don't get that right all the time. And I'm definitely on a journey there. But I love that she, in the midst of her grief, just put that at the feet of Jesus and said, God, this is now over to you. My hands are off the wheel. I don't have any more control over this. This is over to you. And I think that's such a beautiful representation of, of what can happen when, when we get anguish. And, you know, it's interesting because she had this grief and her husband, though he was beautiful and loving, actually did never acknowledge that grief. And so you have this kind of, she was kind of going, I'm grieving here. And he actually never reciprocated that, but just said, well, why? Can you, can you stop? Like, can you eat something? Um, And then she had the, even Eli, the priest came up to her and said, what are you doing? Like, why are you drunk in the house of God? Yet in the midst of, of all of that 
coming to her, she was, she was totally anchored to the, her dream in God, to what she saw in God, to what she believed for in God, that there was nothing that was coming against her, even though kind of as you look at it, everyone around her was not with her in that grief, but was kind of trying to push her to and from in that grief, whether it was provoking or, or just saying, come on, let's, let's get along with it. But she held on to it. And it reminds me of this beautiful scripture in Hebrews 6.19 that says, We have this hope as an anchor for my soul, firm and secure. And I have found that in my life to be true, that, that as we anchor to Jesus, as we anchor to God, as, as we put our anchor in Him, that as the provoking comes in our life, as the anguish comes, that, that we're okay, we're secure, because God is there and He is the anchor of it all. You know, when we found out about the girls, it was actually a really big mental battle for me because I um, had worked for the part previous eight years in the NICU and, and part of that is walking with families through really, really, really challenging circumstances and really challenging stories. And so I was surrounded with the worst of the worst of the worst cases of high-risk pregnancies. And the minute after we were told that there were two uh, beautiful little babies there, we were also told that you're now a high-risk pregnancy because, of, because they're identical twins, because of the nature of the pregnancy. And all of this fear started to kind of seep into me and to, to really challenge me. And it was a really big mental battle to stay focused on God, to stay trusting in God that he had it. Because every day I would go to work and I would see again the story and story and the stories and and, and that, that's what I would be surrounded with. And so what I found is that I was coming home from work and I was putting on The Blessing, which is a beautiful um, song by um, Elevation Worship. And I was just pacing back and forth, back and forth, declaring that, that this wasn't going to be our story, that our story was going to be different, that our story wasn't going to end the way that I'd seen it end over and over and over again, that this story was going to be different to what I'd been surrounded with for a really long time. And I don't know what you're in, what season you're in, but I wonder what is around you that is surrounding you where you're at. That, that maybe you've seen your family unfold a certain way and the story has always been the same a certain way and, 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 and things have been going on like this and this is just how we are. Uh, but can I tell you that as you put trust in God, that your story doesn't have to be the same. Yeah. That your story doesn't have to unfold how it has for generations pre, pre Previous to you, that, that you have an opportunity um, as you trust in God to let him take control and for the story to change, to let him rewrite your story, rewrite your story. So what do you have around you that, that is provoking you or pushing you or in anguish and what can you take to God to be the anchor of it all? That's point number one. The second person I want to look at in the Bible is someone who is barely mentioned. In fact, it's one verse in one book, uh, in, in one verse in, in one chapter in one book. And really, if you skip over it, you'll miss it completely. It's so, so small. Um, but it's lowest. And if you haven't guessed it already, uh, so Hannah in many, um, in some transcriptions of the Bible is actually Anna. And this is Lois, and they're actually our girls' names, and the reason why we called the girls was because of these stories. So that's a little bit of a fun fact. But we're going to look at 2 Timothy verse 1, 
And it says this, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. And a bit of a background, this is Paul writing a letter to Timothy. So this is the first, like, hello, how are you, of the letter. To Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve, as my ancestors did, with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers, recalling your tears. I long to see you, that I may be filled with joy. And this is really where we get to the crux of it in verse 5. I am remembered of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois, and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you. And I think that really struck me years and years and years ago. That really struck me that the faith of a grandmother was able to completely change the course of her family line, completely change what would happen for her daughter and her son to be able to take the message of Jesus Christ to the world, completely change their family lineage just because of her faith. And I just think that is so incredible that Paul calls this out. It took one woman to change the entire history of her family tree just because she had faith. And it was a faith that she was willing to share. It was a faith that she was willing to impart on those around her. And today I've entitled the message, This Is Our Story. Because regardless of where you're at, your life impacts those around you. Your life has an impact on your neighbours, on your family, on your children. Your life has such a big impact on those around you. And and we can't escape that. But we have the opportunity to either speak life or death into those relationships, into those um, seasons. Um, And it's it's such a great opportunity to speak life. Um, So I I fell pregnant and we found out that the girls were twins at 14 weeks and things were pretty smooth sailing then up until about 28 weeks when I was just walking along the road, I was popping off to the bank and I actually had a fall and that fall put me into labour at 28 weeks, um, which a normal pregnancy is 40 weeks if you kind of don't know how far along that is. Um, And I had looked after lots of babies at 28 weeks and it's such an amazing thing watching a a premature baby... um, um, working hard to grow and and I just think that that's they they are just amazing to watch and so it wasn't that it was 28 weeks but all of a sudden this um, spirit of fear came over me and it was like this this whole battle that that I'd been kind of going with the entire pregnancy just kind of came to a crux and it was like well I don't know what's going to happen now I'm in labour, the hospital had sent us home, um, but I was still contracting, I was still in labour and we didn't know if I was going to deliver tomorrow, we didn't know if I was going to not deliver until term, there was just so much uncertainty and so much uncertainty of are the girls okay, what's going on and so again I went into prayer and specifically just pressed into the blessing, just pressed into the blessing this worship song and, and as I was sitting there worshipping, I just really, really felt that God drop into my spirit, Exodus 14, 14, and it's that I, the Lord, will fight for you. You only need be still. And what's so, and, and that was enough. That was the word that I needed. That was, that was what I needed to take me out of the spirit of fear and to realign myself back with what God was saying, what he was declaring, that this was not our story, that God had a different way for us. 
Um, that was what I needed. And, and ironically, the next day I was admitted and I was put on strict, strict bed rest. So I wasn't able to get out of bed. And literally the only thing I could do was to be still. Like, I couldn't do anything else. Literally, all I could do was be still. And the night before, God had given me this verse that I will fight for you. You just need to be still. And I I just think God is so amazing that he speaks into our season, that he speaks into our situation, and that as we press into him, that he is going to meet us where we are at if we give him the opportunity to come and to be with us. And God is so good. I was able to be on bed rest for three weeks, and then the girls were born, and they amazed me. As a NICU nurse, they astonished me with how quickly they came off um, needing ventilation, how quickly they were able to feed themselves. Like, they have just astonished me the whole way along. And we are so um, grateful and and, uh, so grateful to God for the gift that they are in our lives. Our lives. You know, Proverbs 18.21 says, "...the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat of its fruits." And I think it's so interesting that as you declare what you can, as you declare what you have space and capacity to with God, that in my life I have seen that God jumps onto that and speaks into that situation. As you kind of go, God, I'm declaring that this is not our story, he is able to then move in that and speak to us in that. And I, and I just think God is so good and so incredible. So this is actually an interactive message. You didn't know that you were coming to church to interact this morning, um, but you are. And our amazing ushers are actually going to hand out Um, a booklet and they're going to hand out a booklet and we've got some pens if you need it Um, but we're going to take a moment to just do a bit of an activity and if you're feeling a bit weird about this maybe it's your first time in church there's a lot of um, psychological research around self-compassion and actually declaring words of life um, and declaring positivity and the benefit that that actually has for us in terms of resilience, in terms of lowering um, our anxiety and depression, in terms of being able to really in times of turmoil um, be resilient in that space. So if you're here and you're going, this feels a little bit weird, it's okay. We can all take a deep breath. Um, Speaking words of life has a really, really positive impact for us, whether you believe in God or not. So you're going to get a little booklet and it says, this is our story, and it's got some scriptures on it. And there are two pages. The first page is what I declare. So that's where you can write down what you are believing for in your story, maybe what you're believing for in change, maybe what you're believing for um, to stop in your uh, family line for you. And the second page is what he says. And whether that be scripture, whether that be um, words that he drops in your spirit, I am such a believer in listening to the voice of God and actually cultivating time and moments for him to speak in our lives and him to speak to us. Um, And for me, that looks like first me declaring and then listening. And so our uh, amazing worship team is going to come to the stage and they're actually going to play for us The Blessing um, by Elevation Church. And we're just going to take a moment and if you want to stand, you can stand. If you want to sit, you can sit. But I really, really encourage you to take a a moment of space and time and, and actually declare what you believe for in your story, for the story around, for the people around you, the things that that you're believing for in your ministry, the things that you're believing for for 
your neighbors, for your children, for your grandchildren, to actually just take a moment in time and consider that and then write it down. And, and as we worship, I believe that God is going to drop into to your spirit um, things that he has to say as you declare and then you wait and listen. So our, our amazing team is going to worship. And then after the worship song, Pastor Joe is going to come up. So as the booklets are being passed around, I'm just going to pray over you. Um, and then I'm going to jump off the stage and let our incredible worship team take over. Dear Lord God, I thank you that you are a good God, that you have good things for us. God, that regardless of what is happening around us, that Heavenly Father, that you have the power to rewrite our story. No matter if it's, it's what we've seen over and over again and the only thing that we've ever known, God, you have the power to rewrite our story that our story is not finished, that you have started a good work in us, that you will continue to completion. And God, I pray that your presence would fall on us as we worship you, as we sit and give you space to speak, that you would come and speak to us, we pray, that you would come as the comforter, that you would come as the God of peace, as the God of provision, that you would come and that you would rest on us. And God, I pray for your blessing over every single family here, God, we pray a blessing of unity. God, we pray a blessing of peace and provision. God, we believe that you are a God of, of a faith for the generations. And we believe that you are starting something in this house, in this place, that is going to carry through to generation after generation. That long after we are gone, that you are going to be doing good things. That you are going to be working through our family lines. That God, that you are going to be speaking your life and your love to those who don't yet know you. God, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. And we pray that you would speak to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.